Hey there, fellow travelers of the Junlin Waste. Mark back here again for the Traveling the Junlin Waste podcast, the TJW podcast for October 19th, 2022. It is another Andor Wednesday here on the podcast. Has anybody gotten up early, have their breakfast with Andor, or did you prefer to uh, have your lunch and coffee with Andor uh, around the uh, lunchtime hour? Uh, as for myself, I think I mentioned this before, I prefer to watch my uh, Disney Plus Star Wars in the evening with the fam with a uh, cup of tea in my uh, favorite chair. So uh, that's what I'm going to be doing later on tonight. But man, is anybody like, you know, has this been like a really difficult week to wait for that next episode to come? They really did something on that last episode called The Eye, where you see the full heist take place. You see the aftermath of what occurred after you know they, they were able to take the money and run. They got on their ship, and Andor was able to pilot the ship out of The Eye and into, into normative space, where they're heading off into a hideout. Um, they end up, you know, you know, not going to where they to their, uh, I think their 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 chosen hideout immediately because they want to stop and get Nemec, uh, you know, uh, get him to a doctor so that he could heal. Um, unfortunately, his injuries were were too great and he dies in in the operation trying to save his life. Uh, at the same time, Andor, uh, you know, shoots Skeen, you know, point blank after Skeen offers him to split all that all that loot that they got that they just they just picked up to just get in the ship and run and they'll split it 50 50 and they can live their own lives um andor has nothing to do with that he shoots a point blank and then he goes in to vel to basically say just pay me and i am out of this uh i'm out of this uh scenario i was yes i'm a mercenary i i'm paying i'm, I'm a paid mercenary pay me and let us cut ways here um but vel tells him that uh, before Nemec passes away, that uh, she wanted he or he wanted Nandor to have his uh, manifesto, this manifesto on on the rebellion. So I think once he reads this and once he he, he takes you know takes it to heart, um, this is where we're really going to see Andor sort of change from being that uh, mercenary for hire and becoming a big part of the rebellion. Um, one aspect of the story that so far we haven't seen come to full fruition is this uh, ISB office, or I should say this new command center that's being put into Ferex. Ferex is that uh, plant that we first see where the, uh, the security branch there uh, botched up so bad that uh, the Empire basically you know, told them all to go packing and that, we're, that the ISB is now in control of uh, the security now on Ferex. We do know of that uh, <laughs> that security officer that uh, did not that that basically was was dismissed from his post and sent packing and he goes home to his uh, to his mother and uh, his mother tells him that he's uh, we have a relative who might be able to help you get a job and I'm thinking that this relative is probably somebody in the Imperial Security Bureau. Uh, Probably he's going to get put in and maybe be put under the command of uh, Deidre Mero. Deidre Mero, she is the ISB officer who thinks that there's just too many coincidences, coincidence, coincidences uh, with all these you know smaller heists and smaller things going on that they think are just disparage you know pockets of of, of thieves or pockets of unimportant rebels doing doing things. Um, just to cause havoc, but uh, she thinks this is part of a bigger, 
well-orchestrated rebellion that is going to follow through and give a and cause real problems for the Empire, especially right now when they're in the middle of the construction of the Death Star at uh, Scarif. Uh, I'm wondering if that's going to come back in again. We're only a few years away from, from Rogue One in Episode 4, so I'm very curious whether or not we're going to see some of this first Death Star still in uh, construction. Um, but I think that uh, this this fellow from from the security from that security branch on Ferrex, he's going to fall under Deidre's thumb, and somehow all of them are going to you know come together in some sort of real big confrontation with the rebels and with Andor towards the end of the series. Um, I'm curious also about uh, Luthen Rayal and Mon Mothma. Mon Mothma, I was talking with this with a friend over the weekend here. I was thinking to myself, gosh, they're showing us Mon Mothma's family, and we see that, that it's, it is just not a happy family life that they have here. Um, I don't think that she, or I don't, I don't think the family knows fully what Mon Mothma is doing in her work. All they know is that she is constantly busy. She has no time for them, and they really could care less about her right now. Um, it seems as if they, you know, they they all play their roles. They, you know, she is the she, Mon Mothma is the senator, and she's married to this, you know, this former, maybe a former imperial officer, um, and they have a daughter. Uh, it is, and and it, it's just not a happy family life. Um, I'm wondering if something's going to happen to the family that uh, is a result of Mon Mothma's work. Um, does this family come into, uh, you know, do they just get up and leave? Um, I could see, you know, both the daughter and the father just, you know, leaving the situation. Um, or is it going to become a little bit more dark and more sinister where I'm wondering if this family meets a demise which spurs Mon Mothma on to even more... Um, pushing her, pushing the envelope of how much she can do as an Imperial Senator right now. Uh, and Luthen Rael, you know, he is still in his, he's still in his antique shop and uh, trying to coordinate and trying to find out what's going on in Alhani by the end of this episode. But uh, he, at the end, it, it appears that he, you know, he's laughing with joy at the, uh, at hearing of this rebel victory. Um, not so no, not sure probably of like the real details of this victory, but he knows that the heist took place, and that was what was supposed to happen. Um, we'll probably hear more from uh, from Luthen Rael later on in this episode, or maybe some some upcoming episodes to see how he really plays in more into into the rebellion here. So either way, um, I think we're all going to be looking forward to watching uh, this episode if we haven't watched it already. Um, can you believe that we have gone through half the series already? You know, we've already hit six episodes. We've got another six coming up here. That leads us all up into that Wednesday before Thanksgiving. So uh, we got a lot of good Star Wars coming up, and I'm really looking forward to seeing where this story goes. Uh, do you have any ideas of, like, where this story might go or where this story might, uh, you know, take us? Um, I know, like I said, this story has taken place about five years before uh, the, uh, the, ep the, the, uh, the events of Episode 4, or I should say of Rogue One in Episode 4. But uh, if you have any ideas or have some theories about where this series is going to go in this next uh, six episodes, send me a message on the Facebook page, the Traveling the Jungle Ways Facebook page, and uh, I'll make a mention of it on our next episode. Some other things that I've been doing in the, uh, you know, in my Star Wars life. I just finished the fantastic novel *Shadow of the Sith* by Adam Christopher. Wow, that was a fun read. 
the book is, you know, it's it's not a short read. I'm going to tell you that right now. It's about 496 pages, which for me is a lot to read. I'm a slow reader, but uh, the story just pulled me in. I think I mentioned this in the last episode that, uh, you know, I got it up. It was, uh, I, have, I was having a sleepless night. And I was getting, getting myself a cup of tea and I was like sitting down. I was like, okay, I'll try to knock some pages off of this uh, Shadow of the Sith book. Uh, and I ended up doing like a, like, like like maybe 200 pages or so that that night, and I was just drawn into the story. Um, if you haven't read it yet, I'm not going to give too much away on here because I prefer to do this on uh, to have a more in-depth conversation about the book, um, maybe with uh, with Dan or maybe somebody else who I know who might also be interested in having a conversation about the book on the air. But uh, I just love this period of time in the Star Wars universe. We're talking post-Return of the Jedi. We haven't exactly hit the sequels yet, but uh, we have Luke and Lando on this adventure, and uh, they're on an adventure regarding the growing threat of the Sith Eternal, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, a lot of the stuff that is going on in this book here, like I said, takes place much closer to the to, to Return of the Jedi, but at the same time, we are getting a whole lot of sequel knowledge that uh, would have been, I think, nice to know if while we were watching the uh, the sequels themselves a bunch of years ago. But uh, that's okay. Um, it's it's a, it's a it's a good story. We get to see now. I'm going to say some stuff here. If you if you haven't read the book and you want you don't want any spoilers, then I suggest you know stop it right now and and move ahead a couple couple minutes uh, when I start talking about uh, some black series uh, figures that I'm thinking about. Uh, so the story here, you know, we start off this story with Dathan. We finally find out who this uh, clone of the Emperor, who was a uh, an unsuccessful clone, according to Palpatine, his son Dathan, who somehow, you know, is no longer, you know, I guess I don't I don't know how these clones worked. If they thought he was just a failure, they just sent him off to somewhere else. But uh, somehow there's this son of Palpatine, Dathan. He has a wife named Miramar and their six-year-old daughter, Ray. Yes, I know what you're all thinking. Mark, you like this book because even a six-year-old Ray will make you say like, you know, oh, this is a great story. And I'm not going to say that I didn't want to read the story because, or I didn't, I didn't think that was cool not to have Ray in here. It's great that we have uh, Ray in this story. It really, and I, it, it, it's nice in the story as well too, how you see that this almost coming together of these characters uh they were so close in this book to to actually meeting each other at this time and just because of the way things worked uh like like stars passing in the night or or, or you know one went one way one went the other way and uh they don't meet up again until all that time in in uh the last jedi and in the rise of skywalker but uh you know, Dathan and Miramar, they're trying to flee and get out of uh, their, their, their concern because Dathan knows that, that his father is, is coming after Rey and that they've got to get out of, of where they are and be able to find someplace safe where they can just live their lives out. Uh, that story comes into connection with uh, Lando um, somehow hearing about a kidnapping of a family, which piques his interest, because we do find out in this in this book as well too, of Lando's daughter who was also kidnapped, um, and it's been a while. Apparently, she was kidnapped when she was a very young girl, probably around the same age or even younger, I think, than than Ray is in this story, and it's always weighing on him. Um, he somehow has been able to to move on and be able to uh, continue what he likes to do. He likes to gamble every now and then. He's also involved in some business stuff. 
but uh, he still thinks about this daughter. And we do get a small little vignette about him and his young daughter, which I thought was really touching to put in the book as well, too. Um, the villain, or I should say, the Sith hunter, Oshi, is also part of this uh, story as well, too. We don't see Oshi in the Rise of Skywalker. We hear about him a lot. We hear about these, uh, about these uh, Sith Wayfinders, which do play a part in this story as well, too. Uh, but all those ideas and all these things coming together uh, send, send Luke and Lando on a mission to try to find out wh- how the Sith is rising again and what is going on with, with the dark side. Uh, interesting thing is, is as well too, which I did like seeing here as well, is that uh, we, hear, uh, we hear some information about uh, Luke's Jedi Temple Anasus, which I thought was great. Um, I always thought that, you know, which it's one of the things that we didn't get to see in the sequel trilogy, which really, really, you know, upset me a little bit, is that we never really got to fully see uh, Luke's temple and, 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 and him training Jedi. Um, we get a little taste of it, and I mean little, a little taste of it, uh, when we see, you know, Mandalorian or Book of Bofa, when we see Luke, uh, you know, training Grogu. Uh, at his temple there, but he's the first student that Lucas had, so it's uh, it, it, it's not like you see the whole bunch of, of students, which they talk about in this book here. In fact, you even see Ben Solo uh, in his young years, like his teen years, like 15, 16 years old. Um, Luke put, you know, he has interactions with him. He believes that Ben is going to grow up to be a wonderful, great Jedi someday and a very powerful Jedi. Uh, he's he's even teaching the young the, the younglings in his temple as well too. So I thought that was pretty that that was a nice that was a nice uh, bit of information to have in the book there as well too. Um, one thing that we do we get a couple of new uh, characters that are brought in. Oh, one other character I did want to mention we do get a little bit of Lawrence Santaka, which is nice to hear because uh, he's part of this group of of uh, this following that is spiritual in the ways of the Force. And uh, they believe that the Jedi are are the way of, of bringing balance back to the Force. But they don't have any ability to control the Force or have any Force sensitivity. So it's it's interesting to see this, this group as well, too. I had thought that that character, Lawrence Santaka, especially when we first meet him in, in The Force Awakens, that that character was going to be there for a while. Little did I know that was going to take only just a minute and 30 seconds and the guy was gone. <laughs> but uh, anywho, continuing on... Uh, some other things that we uh, see in this uh, in this story here, um, Sith artifacts. It's a it, they 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 talk about that a lot here in this book. Um, they talk about a Sith named um, Panchared, uh, and he is a a Sith that is able to channel his 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 being and, and his powers uh, through this Sith mask. Uh, the Sith mask is is worn by a character named Kiza, and Kiza is a part of these acolytes, who um, they're they're dark side. I guess you can call them dark side worshippers in a sense, uh, but they're acolytes. And I'm thinking that this is probably going to pull in a little bit into the story of the ac- uh, or that acolyte Disney Plus series that they did speak about. Now, I don't know if it's still going on or or, or if that's. <laughs> How how it's gonna it's gonna play out? I'm thinking that story is probably gonna be much more closer towards the uh, towards the High Republic era than than something like this. But it's just something something to mention. But Kisa is 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 one of these is is a character who ends up you know um, having to fight Luke, having to uh, she 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 powers herself with this uh, with this with this Sith mask, channeling this Pancharad character as well as handling. 
are wielding Darth Noctis's lightsaber, which is interesting because she, uh, Sith artifacts. It comes back into that whole, you know, uh, Knights of the Old Republic era of when you hear about. Uh, you know, the Valley of the Dark Lords, or if you read the Tales of the Jedi comic, uh, it just gave me feelings back to that, knowing about Sith artifacts and all these different Sith and all these, you know, you have, you know, Darth this person and Darth that person. And uh, it's, 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 it was nice to see that I think that, that the author, Adam Christopher, must have had some sort of, uh, you know, education in, in early Dark Lord history to be able to, to pull, pull this story here together. Um, some other characters which come come into this uh, story as well too. Oh, and, and the they're, they're known as the acolytes of the beyond. That's what they were called, and uh, they collected these Sith relics and these Sith artifacts. So that was that's what this group is all about. Um, there was a member of this group who Luke did save, and this uh, individual who saved her, her name is Komat, and Komat plays in this as well too in helping Luke and Lando with uh with this issue here of rescuing the family and find and trying to find out what is what is behind literally the shadow of the sith and how the sith is coming back into the story so it's a great book i enjoyed it i'm hoping i can like break this down a little bit more uh with one of my buddies so that we can have a really good robust discussion about this because it was such a great book i enjoyed it so much uh, so much what I liked is that they were bringing, like I said, they were bringing in nods and little bits of, of nuggets that connect this story into the sequel trilogy. Now, I'm not going to say that I didn't like the sequel trilogy on itself. Yes, were there problems with it? There certainly were some story story holes left open, which could have been, which should have been, like, you know, solved by the end of that series. But I still like the character of Rey Skywalker. I still enjoy the sequels. This just gives it, I think, a little bit more foundation to build that story on. Um, part of me even thought, gosh, this would have made a great a great movie unto itself, or even a great Disney Plus series. So uh, that's what I have to say about, about the book. I encourage everybody to read it. It's a great book to have. And uh, I think you can even order it. I haven't checked this, but I did think I hear that you can order. He, uh, he lives, Adam Christopher, I believe, it lives in the UK. But there, I think there might be a bookstore there that you can order the book and have it even signed by him. Um, I might consider that. But uh, be sure to take a look at it and read it or catch it on the audiobook if you haven't. Because it really is a wonderful read. And I don't think you'll, you'll, uh, you won't regret reading it. It's a great book. Uh, it leaves me now wondering what I'm going to read next. I did still have... Uh, that old EU book that I did not really get around to read yet, which I really want to. It's called Luke Skywalker and uh, the, Sh the Shadows of Mindor. It's all about shadows. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I want to read that as well, too. But I also uh, want to put in my... Uh, I'm, I'm putting in my hopper here to... Uh, to, to my, my to-read hopper. Uh, you know, The Princess and the Scoundrel as well as Brotherhood. Those are two books which came out this year, and I'd like to get those done before this year ends here as well, too. Uh, what are some other things I want to talk about here on the podcast during this lunch break and coffee break? Uh, I mentioned earlier that I had picked up, uh, in last week, that I was finally able to pick up that fantastic Boba Fett droids figure, uh, six-inch figure from, from Target, that Target exclusive. But it also made me think about, uh, you know, what else has Target got <laughs> on their exclusive uh, Star Wars, uh, you know, shelf as well, too. Uh, I do know that uh, the Ben Kenobi... Uh, Tibetan Station action figure, and this is the uh, this is a Target exclusive. I don't think it's going to be coming out until the beginning of the new year, although they do have a pre-order right now. 
you could pre-order it and, and, and have it delivered. Uh, I prefer to just pre I would prefer to just pre-order and pick it up at the store, uh, but that option doesn't exist right now for those who have a, a Target account. Uh, but this figure looks really great. You see, uh, you see Obi Wan in his, uh, in his in his his blue tunic with his uh, with his uh, robes around him and his lightsaber with his uh, you know his his special gloves that he's wearing. Uh, I just think it's a very cool looking figure. Now they do have out right now. Of course, I was checking off uh, checking out to see what was already out through Big Bad Toy Store, and they have the six inch Obi Wan Kenobi from Jabim as well as the, uh, the Vader, the Vader from uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series as well too. Uh, I was looking at that as well, they have the original Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, figure that is uh, like, I guess their official figure. So God, it's like three different Obi-Wan figures uh, for this line. <laughs> Uh, each in a different tunic, I guess. One's white, one's gray, one's blue. Uh, so I guess for the completists, you're going to have to get them all. Uh, but I would just, I'm probably just going to settle with just one so that I could have uh, one, uh, one Obi-Wan from that series as well as that fantastic looking uh, Vader six inch figure as well too. Although at the same time, I'm, I'm still considering uh, getting those mini busts from uh, Gentle Giant of uh, Obi-Wan and Vader as well too. Uh, a couple other things I was I was also taking a look at as well too, uh, that Thrawn figure, Thrawn and, and and Thrawn, Darth Revan and Dark Side Ray. Those are the ones that are that, that I put like stars next to on my list that uh, I would like to pick up. Uh, although the other ones that have uh, also uh, me, me thinking as well too, I got to pick up that Ray and Do one as well as the Ray the Island Journey, and just because you know I'm a big Ray Skywalker fan. Uh, I would like to have each of their of their uh, of, of her uh, six inch figures from the Black series. The Princess Leia and Sergeant Krill, I think I mentioned this well too. Those are from the Marvel comics, how they appeared in those comics, and those would be fun to have just because I'm a I'm a uh, you know expanded universe fan, a comic fan, and I would really like to have those as well too. Um, but that's pretty much all that there is to mention here today on the Traveling the Gentle Ways podcast. Uh, if you have anything that you want to mention to me. Uh, that you heard on this podcast, that you have some uh, input on, whether it is the Andor series, the Shadow of the Sith book, maybe you're reading something that you think I should be reading, let me know, or what are you reading, or what are you enjoying? We would really like to be able to hear that as well, too. Or maybe you're also collecting the Black Series uh, six-inch figures. Uh, I know I can't collect them all, so I have, like I said, this little tiny short list of ones that I really would like to get. Maybe you have a short list of figures as well, too, that uh, you'd want to mention to us as well. But uh, until then, everybody have a wonderful Andor Wednesday. I hope everybody has a great time watching the episode. And I look forward to talking, talking more about it with you. Have a good one, all. <laughs>